If you have Bibles or phones, if you want to open up to 1 Kings chapter 18, this is a story of a prophet named Elijah. I love Elijah because with my personality, I love to scrap. And that's just who I am. I did a life plan a few years ago, and my life plan person said, one thing I know, you are going to challenge every person and every institution and everything you're up against, and that's just who I am. And I don't apologize for that. Um, you know, I wish I was nice. I'm just not all that nice. And I want you to understand, nice is neither a gift nor a fruit of God's Holy Spirit. So get over it. Uh, so yeah, you know, um, and right now in our world, we don't need nice. We need Elijah. I'll say it again because y'all missed it. In our world, we don't need nice. We need Elijah. Because uh, these fruitcakes in Washington and these fruitcakes in Harrisburg and these fruitcakes wherever, uh, they need to be confronted uh, because it's out of control, folks. And, and I don't worry about people. If you're 60 and above, that's your problem. You voted these people in too long. That's me. But the bottom line is, for our kids and our grandkids, we need to do something about it. And it starts on our knees, and then it starts by standing up and saying, oh, by the way, don't steal money from your wife. Um, when it's sitting in your pocket, God says, put it in the offering. So, I don't know what we're doing for lunch, but, um, but uh, God will provide. But uh, last night we went to, Elijah was in the emergency room, so I went over there and I grabbed her 20, and it's still there, and now it's not there. Um, but Elijah was just this type of person, and today I do worry, in the church and out, everybody has this feeling, well, you know, I, I don't want to make waves. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to tick anybody off. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want anybody not to like me, okay? And, and I understand, only about 10% of the world, thank God, have my personality. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank God. Could you imagine everybody like me? We'd be fighting on the streets all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, but, but understand, guys, there comes a time in everyone's life when you need to decide it's time. There, there, there are things in everyone's life that we need to come to the point where we decide, you know what, enough of that trash. There are people in our lives, and I'll talk more about this because I'm not saying hate people, okay, um, or divorce your spouse. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is there comes a time, and I am so tired of hearing people say, well, you know, this person just zaps the life out of me will negate that person. Okay, you don't have to leave them. You could still love them. Uh, they could still be in your life. But mentally and emotionally, there comes a time where you have to say, enough. And the problem I'm seeing is, people just kind of let that kind of stuff and those kind of people malinger in their lives. And after a while... That foolishness becomes normal. And that's scary. 
And we'll talk more about it in this sermon. But I want you to understand, there comes a time when you need to deal with stuff. There comes a time when you need to confront stuff or sometimes confront somebody. Amen? And you can love somebody and tell them, listen, I don't want to hear this anymore. And I, I know people think, oh, that man's crazy. But the bottom line is there does come a time where that's enough. Okay? There comes a time. And you need to understand, you will either come to that time where you confront and deal with the destructive force in your life, or that destructive force will have its way in your life, or his or her way in your life, and it will destroy you. And sadly, some people are living lives that are already destroyed, and they've been doing it so long, they don't even know there's a problem. Does everybody kind of understand where I'm going here? Yes. You know? And it's just, it's just a thing where everybody's like, well, Jesus didn't do that. You ever read the Bible? You ever heard of these dudes named Pharisees and Sadducees? I mean, everybody thinks I'm mean. I never got a whip and whipped people out of the church yet. He did. You know? You know, usually they just leave because they figure it's coming. But, but in all seriousness, it's just a thing. What I'm saying is, no, 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 no more. And I hope you get there. No more. No more. No more of that sin. No more of that idol. No more of that addiction. No more of that junk in my life. No more. By the power of God, I am facing you down. And I'm going to win. It was a guy named Elijah, and um, uh, God came to him, and there was a famine and a drought in the land, and, and there was this king named Ahab, and you've probably heard his, his wife, her name was Jezebel. They were not a friendly couple at all, okay? And they, they, they never thought twice about you. If you got in their way, they'd just kill you. That's, that's just who they were. I mean, they were not nice people. Now, one of the guys that worked with Ahab, uh, not on his team, but the bottom line, did some work for him, was a guy named Obadiah. And, and Ahab had come to Obadiah, and because of the drought and because of the famine, he came to Obadiah and said, listen, let's go find some waters, maybe some grassy spots or something, so we don't have to kill all of our animals, because I don't know what to do. Um, we've got to find something, or all of our animals are going to die. Now, you've got to remember the reason there was a famine and the reason there was a uh, drought in the land was because the nation had decided. And a nation is, is made up of people. And the nation had decided that Baal or Ashereth, um, I don't have time to explain all of that this morning, were, they were more important and they were more powerful, so they were going to follow them rather than follow God. And... You just have to understand, that doesn't work. And I want you to think about your lives. Is there anything in your life that's more important than God? Then you need to understand, that is an idol. There have been times where I've made my son or my wife my idol. I made them and what was happening with them and us more important than God. Listen, 
I want to say right here, understand parenthetically, that if God is at the right spot in your life, your relationship with your spouse and your relationship with your children and your grandchildren will be right. Okay, you don't have to elevate them above God to love them. You, you need to get that order correct and it will be correct, okay? But um, that the nation of Israel had decided to do this because of all of this, there was a famine. They, there was the Babylonian captivity. They, they were just being invaded. Everything was being crushed. Uh, the tabernacle and temple were torn asunder. The land was just devastated. It was just an awful time. Do you mind if I say something? I'm really worried about our country. I really am. I worry about it on two fronts. Number one, our country has decided there's nothing wrong with anything. In fact, we elevate everything God says we shouldn't. Second, church, are you listening to me? The major problem isn't that the world is doing this. The major problem is that the church stands up for nothing. We're scared to death. Oh, we don't want them not to like us. God says, they ain't going to like you. Get over it. Right? Get over it. If you don't stand for something, are you with me? We'll pretty much fall for anything. And sadly, church, that's kind of where we are. We need to stand up. We need to stand up. So Obadiah and Ahab are out looking for grass. And here comes Elijah. Now, you got to understand, Obadiah was a guy that um, Jezebel had decided to kill all the prophets of God, all of them. Well, Obadiah was a follower of God and was obedient to God. And he took a hundred prophets, hid them in two caves, gave them water, gave them food. And somehow he kept that from Ahab and Jezebel. All right. And here comes Elijah to Obadiah. And he says, listen, I want you to go back and I want you to tell Ahab I'm here. Obadiah was like, have you lost your stinking mind? If I, they, they ordered us to kill you. Now, if I go back and I tell them that you're here, and he, here's the other part that I thought was funny. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to tell Ahab you're here, and I'm going to come back, and you're not going to be here, and Ahab is going to be ticked. In fact, Ahab is going to send me to see Jesus. And I'd just rather that not happen right now. All right? So, um, you know, but Elijah said, no, don't worry about it. I'll be here. Uh, he'll see me today. And so through various things, here comes Elijah and Ahab meet. Now, you got to understand, Elijah, I mean, Ahab has thought that Elijah was dead. He thought all those prophets were dead. Right? He comes, now you got to understand, Ahab and his family and his father had led their country into the mess they're in. The reason for the famine is because of the leadership of Ahab and his father and his family. And that's why there's the drought. That's why, now they had made decisions too, but the leadership had led them there. Okay? Are you with me? Okay. And what's so cute? All right, who was that? I love when people do that because they know I'm going to call them out. 
Ahab, now listen to this. I love this part. Ahab looks at Elijah and he said, you're the one that has been trouble for Israel. You. Isn't it amazing people take no personal responsibility? Isn't it amazing? You know, we're doing whatever we want. We're doing what we know is sinful. We're doing what we know God's word says not to do or not doing what God's word says to do. And then we want to blame everybody else for the consequences. You're the problem. Folks, you want to do yourself a favor? Take personal responsibility for your life and the world God placed you in. Don't be blaming your mama. Oh, my mama spanked me, you know. You know, good. It's the only hope you have, right? You know, well, you know, I, I, I come from, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I come from a dysfunctional family. What do I say to that? Would the functional family please stand up? I've never found one, you know. But since I come from a dysfunctional family, now I have the right to be a goof burger. No. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. Elijah looks at Ahab and says, no, 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 no. The problem we have is you, your family, and these people that have chosen to worship and serve other gods. Aren't you so thankful that you have no other gods in your life? Aren't you so thankful that there's nothing or no one in your life that you allow to keep you from being everything God? This is a joke, by the way. Everything God created you to be. We all struggle with things, don't we? We all struggle with certain people. You know, that's just, that's just part of the, 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 the reality. And so Elijah looks and says, listen, this is a day that I am going to confront. This is the day I am going to face down all this foolishness. This is the day that I am going to deal with the things that should have been, and the people that should have been dealt with for a long time. What I want you to do is, I want you, there's gonna be one of me, and I want you to call the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of, of Ashereth, and I want you to call them here, and we are going to have a contest. Folks, there are some times in our lives that we need to start saying, you know what? It's time for a contest. It's time for me to step up as a man of God or a woman of God and decide that the one that I believe in is the one I honestly believe has all the power. He created everything. He could fix everything. He can do everything. And the bottom line is, it doesn't matter if there's 850 of you and one of me. The bottom line is we're gonna come together and we're gonna have a contest and I'm gonna win. Is anybody with me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, there just comes a time. Let me help you with something. There comes a time that your children and your grandchildren need to see you take on the enemy. Yeah. 
Your children and your grandchildren need to see that you're willing to face down the enemy and win by the power of God. If they don't see it, how are they going to believe it? If they don't see it in your lives, why would they believe it will be in their lives? See, this is so important. This is so valuable. So all these prophets of Baal and Ashereth come and they go up on this uh, this mountain called Mount Carmel, all right? And Elijah kind of set the parameters. And he said, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get two big old fat cows. And we're going to, you're going to take one and I'm going to take one. And I'll let you go first. And you pray to your God. And if that God brings down fire and burns up that sacrifice, you win. Not about you, but man, when I read this story, I'm getting a little nervous here. Do I honestly trust God that much? Do I honestly believe that he can keep them from trickery? And making that thing happen? Or not? You see, what I want all of us to do this morning is to ask ourselves, do we trust God and believe God that whatever the force, whatever the person, whatever the, 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 the um, addiction, whatever the patterns, whatever it may be in my life, am I willing to pray and get in God's word and dig in And believe that the power of God is greater than anything that could ever come against me. You see, and this is so important. Now, I'm not talking about just people. I'm talking about mental forces. Anybody here hear voices? Me too. All right? Anybody here have emotional struggles sometimes? and You're kind of up and down and all around. And, you know, this is real stuff, man. I ain't kidding about this stuff. This is real stuff. There's sometimes our soul has been battered and tried and, and sliced up so bad. It's hard to go on, isn't it? it just, it's just real, guys. This is, this is real stuff. Some of us have been through divorces and, and we have no idea how to bounce back. Amen? We just don't, what do you say? You know, know, and and then then you got these Christians that look at you and say, well, just give thanks. I don't feel like giving thanks. Amen? Anybody there? You know, I know I should, but sometimes I don't feel like it. See, I'm just trying to be real here, guys. They, the prophets of Baal and the prophets uh, prophets of Asherah, They put their cow, steer, sacrifice on this altar. And they started praying to Baal and Asherah. And they started praying to Baal and Asherah. And they started praying to Baal and Asherah. And the longer it didn't happen, baby, the more frenzied they became. Maybe if I get louder. You know, maybe if I scream. You know, now I'm going to be honest. It may not be nice. But about an hour or two into this thing, Elijah started making fun of him. You know, he's like, well, maybe your God's busy. 
Maybe, maybe he's at lunch. Some translations say maybe he's other places. He just started, you know, well, then they started getting mad. Then they really start screaming. Then they really get into a frenzy. Then they start cutting themselves, you know, and their blood's flowing all over the place. Hopefully you're not squeamish. And the bottom line is it just goes on and on and on till finally it just kind of became funny to Elijah. I guess it shouldn't because we're supposed to be nice to everybody. But Elijah finally said, that's enough. And Elijah took his, and he took 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel, and he placed them, and he placed his sacrifice on an altar. Then, in the middle of this drought, he builds this moat. Dug, dig, dug this moat around this sacrifice. And he said, listen, I want you to go get big old buckets of water and dump it on that. He did it so many times that it not only drenched the sacrifice, but it also filled the moat. Amen. And God, I mean, Elijah starts praying. And he prays this simple prayer. I skipped that one. Answer me, Lord. Answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God. And that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire, listen to this one. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Huh? But that ain't nothing. This fire was so hot, it burned up the wood that was under the sacrifice. Okay? It even burnt up the stones. That's some hot fire. Amen? And it licked up the water in the trench. Amen. You say, well, preacher, what are you trying to say? Folks, when God whoops an enemy, God whoops an enemy. Amen. And today's a good day to decide. Enough. No more. No more. No more. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. I don't know about your world, but my world needs to see a great miraculous win. They don't need to hear me whining. They don't need to hear me talking about all my problems. They don't need to hear me talking about all my struggles. And we've all done it. It's okay. They need me to say, you know what? God Almighty has a perfect plan. And I'm going to be in the center of that almighty plan. That's it. And anything... And anyone that distracts me from that perfect plan, you got to go. You got to go. No matter what it is. See, too often, we want all this mixture to go on. Well, you know, I, I, they're nice. If they are keeping you from the center of what 
God created you to do and who God created you to be, they need to go. Now, they can change and come back, but the bottom line is they can't be in the center of my being. They can't be in the center of my life because the bottom line is for me to win, I can't sit around having a conversation with them. I want a conversation with one. And that conversation is, all my, is with Almighty God. And as I walk straight, and as they see the power of God in me, and as they see the love of God in me, and as they see me win by the power of God, they, that's exactly who they want to be and what they want in their lives. <laughs> this isn't nice. They took all those prophets of Baal and they killed them. It's not nice. Folks, you need to kill the enemy in your life. I'm not telling you to go kill people. (laughs) But my wife one time, when I was in the throes of depression, she looked at me and said, I love you. But we're not going here. This negativity, I'm not listening to that trash anymore. This lack of faith, I'm not going there. You're on your own there, baby. Enough. And that's not because she didn't love me. That's because she did love me. The people in your world, they need to see someone who walks with Jesus Christ in their eyes in his footsteps. And that's where you will find real peace. And that's where you will find real hope. And that's where you will find real power. You will not find it in this muddled mediocrity we call church today. You will find it in Jesus Christ, looking in his face, entering his holy of holies, deciding every morning, Today, by the power of God, I will be as much like Jesus Christ and walk in his footsteps and walk in his sacrificial love and be willing to die for every person in my world the way he was willing to die for every person in my world. And the bottom line is, I will do that by his power today. And I will not allow any enemy, any habit, any pattern, any person, any force, Anything or anyone, keep me from that. And every person in your world needs that. They don't need this muddle. They don't need this theology. They don't need all this stuff. They need Jesus Christ. And they need to see somebody following.